Hello and welcome back to the Miraculous Being series and the first one in 2022. I'm your host and self-awareness coach Shweta Shivraman and this is a show where we discover, learn and implement lessons from others' life journeys. Others who I believe epitomize miraculous in its true spirit. Individuals who live life to the fullest, who've worked hard on themselves to reach where they are and who are passionate in what they do. Today's speaker is someone I first met in a breathwork session on inner peace and have had the chance and the joy of staying connected ever since. Join me in welcoming Remy, the founder of Create Balance Method, a breathwork facilitator, a health tech consultant and a well-being coach. Hi Remy, thank you so much for being here. My pleasure, thank you for having me. Before we go any further and talk about breathwork or transformation, uh, would you want to first uh, share your journey with the audience? Sure. Um, so I, I mean, you gave me such a apt introduction, which is perfect. Um, I began my journey with breath work about maybe 13 years ago in New York City when I was living there. Um, kind of fell across breath work at a yoga studio that I lived close by. Um, I was going through some stuff at work at that point in time, and there was a sign that said, um, you know come breathe with us. And I just thought it was the most ridiculous and time-wasting and money-wasting thing because I already know how to breathe. I read the testimonials, but I was just a little bit thrown off by how incredible people's experiences were. Um, And I was just like, okay, if they're just breathing, how can they come to these states of pure bliss that they're claiming to have experienced? Or how can it have resolved, you know, um, their trauma. And so I was very, very curious. So I went into that session and it just blew my mind. I was able to connect with a part of myself that I really didn't know existed, but lived deep inside of me. From that point in time onwards, I realized that there was so much more to myself than I was having access to. And that one session of breath work had showed that to me. So I became really regular. I was working a very corporate job, living a very corporate life, um, having everything on the resume that, you know, as an outsider, you'd be like, wow, she's really got her stuff together. Um, Fancy job, fancy apartment, fancy title, making a lot of money. Um, But I was still deeply unsatisfied. Um, And breathwork was the ability you know, the thing that was able to help me bridge um, kind of what I needed to do in order to just find myself some more peace of mind. Um, But it also means letting go of the stuff that didn't serve me, like that career path, um, you know, or being able to just claim more of my authenticity, being more myself, showing up more truly to how I actually felt. So it was almost a way where I was able to shed layers. And of course, that doesn't come on one weekend, it takes years. And so since then, my journey of breath work has been a very intricate and interesting relationship. Um, Fast forward to where we are today, 10, 13 years later, I am now um, very much focused in the health, um, health space as a breath work coach, a meditation coach. Um, I like to bridge the world of science, so new research with all of these ancient tools. Um, That's the uniqueness of my offering. 
Um, and then I'm also an advisor for a lot of health tech startups in the US and in Southeast Asia. Right, right. I think I love, uh, I mean, we are connect you're connecting with us from Bangkok, right? I think you've, you've lived across the world. Yeah, I'm home now in Bangkok <laughs> with my family. <laughs> lovely, lovely. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And if we were to go back, um, you know, the, to that transformation, you know, transition from your corporate America role to being an entrepreneur, breathwork facilitator and a coach, um, how did that transition happen? You said it didn't happen over a weekend. It was uh, peeling the layers over the years. But how, how, how was the journey for you? It was hard, <laughs> um, if I can put it mildly. Um, <laughs> It was a lot of unlearning, basically. So I was so set in how I thought my life and my relationships and my body and my, you know, my job needed to look that things were not going my way. And that was causing me a lot of uncomfort and pain and suffering. So it was about unlearning um, that there's no one way that my life is supposed to look. And instead, I needed to see what was in front of me and realize that um, for me specifically, I had agency and I've always had agency in the sense where the reason where the reason why I am where I am today is also a lot of it because of the choices that I made and because of the experiences that I've been through either sometimes, you know, intentionally or unintentionally, right? But it's cause and effect and it's led me here. Um, so first of all, a lot of it, I am responsible. Also, second part is if I don't like what I see, I can't just marinate in the suffering, but I have to do something about it, right? So what do I do about it? How do I do about it? That takes a lot of confidence and a lot of patience because when you're in that pain zone, you're just so frustrated. But for me, it was about sort of understanding my patterns, seeing why I was always constantly triggered, seeing things that worked for me, being able to set boundaries, being able to understand what I needed, understanding and, and even sort of reevaluating the things that I wanted, like do I actually want this job or have I just been conditioned by society to climb the corporate ladder and get to, you know, X amount of figures for my salary each month, right? Um, so it's about it was about rediscovering what I truly, truly wanted, minus the opinions of family and parents and society and what the media says. <clears throat> so it was a lot of unlearning shutting off all of those conditionings and then relearning. And this was done through a lot of things, you know, it was done through yoga, through therapy, through meditation, but mostly, mostly my main tool was breath work. Right. <clears throat> and, and thank you for sharing that honestly, right? I think a lot of us uh, hear um, sugar-coated stories of how transformation happens um, so smoothly. Uh, but actually in that period when you're there, it's quite confusing, quite ambiguous, quite vague. And, oh, yeah. Right. And mm -hmm. and for people who, you know, had like a charted path set before them, like, you know, if you were in the corporate, you had sort of a path already created for you. And that's probably high achievers. We we are sort of, you know, we get adrenaline from that uh, knowing the uh, next steps for us. Right. And I'm pretty sure when you made that transition, you wouldn't have had any of that. So 
How did you deal with that confusion or that ambiguity at that point? Yeah, such a good question. And you know, I used to tell my mom all the time, I feel like I'm being put into um I'm being thrown into the ocean and I don't know how to swim. <laughs> and it was the perfect analogy for me because I really felt like I was dealing with all of these health issues, relationship issues, um relationship patterns. Um people were treating me in in specific ways and it was very very repetitive. Um I had no idea. I just felt like a victim all of the time. Um but in that ambiguity, I was forced to figure out what was going on. I was forced to sort of sit with my sadness and really unpack it. And the thing about me is I've sort of always been diligent, meaning self-work a lot of times I hate it. I'm just like this sucks. I don't want to do any work on myself. I just want to go out as a young person and enjoy life, right? It's not always easy. Yeah. But I have always been sort of drawn to this avenue drawn to sort of improving myself and seeing why i'm i'm being met with these experiences that are so repetitive that i said okay i don't know how to navigate this i either can look for help so i would look for community or someone else or i used to talk to my breathwork coach I used to talk to my my family who were always very supportive um just to try to un- unpack it you know and a lot of times maybe you get realizations i used to journal a lot and journaling was really a tool that would help me sort of um you know just draw out my thoughts that was all jumbled in my head but now i'm able to see it in buckets and sort of understand it a little bit better i was always very introspective but the most important thing of all is during doing breath work because during breath work I used to go in and ask myself all of these questions like what is happening why do I feel this way I have two options should I go with this apartment or that apartment I you know have an option of getting promoted now so breath work because your mind is not involved your conditioning is not involved your fear is not involved so you go to a place within yourself that's fear free of all of these um sort of things that you've picked up as a child that now if you're awake affect your decision making process. I didn't have any of that. So when you go in it's just your subconscious and your subconscious is just your soul. It's pure. It knows what's best for you, for, not you what you think, but you for your highest self. So I was almost referring back to breathwork as like my personal psychic in a way. Like what do I do here? And I used to write out the questions so that when I do go for my next session on the next Sunday I used to sort of ask myself that. And it always used to be like, yeah, of course, like the that kind of makes sense, but I would I have gotten to that conclusion without breathwork? No, I would have probably been a little bit scared, right? Because sometimes the right thing is scary, right? The right thing makes you sad in a lot of times. Um and I just didn't want to go there. But with breathwork it was almost like a confirmation of the things that I needed to do. So it really was very helpful for me. And beautiful. I think you touched upon so many important aspects in terms of unlearning and actually facing our fears, right? I think that's one of the biggest um, yeah, challenges mm-hmm. um, all the conditioning that we are used to. It's difficult to actually confront what is our biggest fear and actually navigate that and get get to the other side. Correct. Yeah, it's so tough and 
I think it's more the fear in our head is a lot of times bigger. Um, so it's like, we just don't want to feel that fear versus anything else. And then when it comes, you know, we can deal with it and we can try in chunks. But in that period of time, before we step into that fear, it's just probably the worst of it all. <laughs> Absolutely. So breathwork and journaling for the wind there. A little bit back, you mentioned this about uh, taking responsibility and saying that I, I'm responsible for my choices and the consequences. Mm -hmm. um, how would you say responsibility played a role in your uh, transformation journey? Yeah, so for the longest time, I was very much in victim mentality, right? I used to blame, you know, my family. I was blaming that person, this person. Why are they treating me this way? Why, why is this not happening for me? Um, and when you do that for me, I, things never, ever got better. Maybe I felt relief in, in the moment, um, but it never, ever, ever got better. So what I actually found was that if I started to take responsibility First of all, not only is the thing that I'm looking at be getting resolved, no, that's not about it, but it's just me taking back my power, right? My power that I've given to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Once I have this power, and I know that it's because of me and some levels to some degree that all of these things have happened, I also know that I can use this very same power that I own to make the right changes. Right? If I have the power to cause the situation to sort of crumble, I also have the power to cause the situation to really, really flourish. So it, it was about taking agency and realizing that what in me is causing this person and the next person and the other person to treat me this specific way that, I, that just makes me feel like shit. Like what vibe am I sending off or what am I saying or how am I, how's my self-confidence, right? So obviously we all know self-confidence is a great example because people pick up on that, right? And for the longest time I was going into a lot of situations um, just with almost like an imposter syndrome, even though I had all these qualifications, I really wasn't, it wasn't registering somehow. And I never took ownership of it and never really felt that it belonged to me almost like, oh, it was a fluke or, you know, I, you know, I aced, I, I got my master's degree, but, you know, I'm sure everyone has their master's degree these days kind of thing, right? It's just never enough. Um, so that way you're also not taking ownership of the things that do work for you. So it was about realizing that I do have sense of agency. I mean, everyone does. Of course, there are some exceptions like, you know, um, when you're being sexually abused, when people are taking advantage of you and in, in all these like repressive ways, right? People of color, um, they're being treated a certain way. I mean, I understand that there's no agency that being taken there. Um, but for me, for my specific experience, all of the things that I were doing that were leading me to unhappiness was in the beginning because of ignorance, because I didn't know better. But once I did know better, I was also not taking responsibility. I was just throwing it on any, everyone else, right? So that sense of taking back that sense of agency was just the most powerful thing that 
I could have ever done for myself. Right, powerful. So basically looking inward and uh, taking actions from there. Yeah, exactly. Great. And if you were to reflect back on, uh, you know, uh, that decision to move out of corporate America and do something uh, of your own that felt right for you, was there like yeah. a tipping point or, or throughout your transformation journey, are there like certain moments that stand out, which now in retrospect, when you look back, um, that was the thing that changed your life in terms of the direction it took? Yeah. So uh, my physical body was just, I, I'd had enough, right? In my mind, I was so, I, I just couldn't come to terms with giving up this perfectly paying job, living in New York City, having this really beautiful apartment overlooking the Empire State. I was like, why would I be leaving this? I'm young, I, you know, I'm single, like I, I wanna just continue to pursue this. But my physical body was, had had, had enough. So in the past, maybe three or four months before I'd left New York, it really became very, very bad. I had developed a lot of allergies. Um, I was allergic to everything. I was allergic to fish, to plants, to dogs, to cats, to milk, to almonds, to, you know, all of these other types, all of these types of things where my face would just really flare up. Um, I would go into meetings, come out of meetings, just having full hives, right? Because of stress. Um, I was, uh, you know, just unable to sleep. Um, I had a lot of anxiety. I, ha I was very, very stressed. Um, I was just really, really unhappy. My gut was really, really affected. Um, and then I think the tipping point was when my mom came to visit me and we had taken a trip to Florida at, from New York and I stepped into a pile of fire ants and it bit me, but the reaction that I got was I went into anaphylaxis. What that means is the body just goes into shock and it's basically shutting down, right? Because the there is this external venom that comes in from the fire ants um, and now the body is just like, what's happening? I need to shut down so that I can save you because we don't recognize this foreign substance. As a result of it, I lost my vision for that period of time. You know, it was really, really bad. Like I was almost going into like a cardiac arrest. There was this ambulance, I fainted and stuff. So the way my body responded to something like that was a lot more dramatic than someone who was perfectly healthy in her 20s would have, right? Um, so I just realized that, you know, my body was under so much stress that it just couldn't take anything else. Um, at that point in time, I kind of knew that if I didn't make a serious decision about myself, my health would really be compromised. And, you know, I would have to live with you know, once our health is messed up, it's so hard to get it back into balance with all about, you know, regardless of the amount of money and time that you have, right? It's just, it's really hard to get back to that state. Um, so I was just like, yeah, you know, I think this is a good time because it was very, very hard. Even then I still had dreams. I was still very hesitant. It was still very hard for me to quit. Um, did more breathwork sessions and I still got the same answer, like take a break. This isn't right for you. 
this is right for what you think is meant for yourself and your body, but you're not happy. Like I wasn't happy in any way. So if I'm not happy, why am I holding on to these external things that just don't do it for me? You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, you've obviously been talking about um, how breathwork has been really transformative in your journey. And I think now a lot of us see breathwork as a tool in terms of, you know, uh, calming ourselves down, healing, uh, performance. How do you see breathwork and performance working together? Yeah, so um, how I see breathwork and performance is that there's so many different types of breathwork that can be used for so many different types of healing modalities. Um, you know, you have the pranayama type of breathwork where you use it to relax, to focus your mind, to sleep, uh, you know, to just regulate your breathing. You have breathwork that is used for therapy, which is a lot of what I used to do. And, you know, you got to experience that, which is releasing trauma, uh, really regulating the nervous system, um, sort of calming down the body in terms of inflammation, uh, releasing all of these old experiences that we hold on to in our subconscious. And then there's also the performance type of breathwork, which I've been working a lot with in recent days. Um, which is working with athletes and CEOs and um, uh, people who are going to give big presentations, just people who have, um, you know, a performance that they're hinging on upon or some people just who want to optimize their body and just want to be able to feel more energized, right? Um, how breathwork is, is important there is we are able to use the principles of biohacking. So when you do your breathwork, how often you're doing your breath work. Are you doing breath work in between your workout, after between after workout? Are you doing it right before you're working out? So when you take these specific combinations and you mix them with specific types of breathing tools for specific lengths of time, and then you mix it with either a cold shower or you mix it with certain types of foods or you mix it with a rest period of, of 10 minutes of doing nothing, you are really able to prime the body. And, you know, this is, again, part of the science that I've used, um, collecting it with this ancient tool of breathwork, right? Ancient tool of breathwork comes from ancient India. The science is recent. It's coming from Harvard and Stanford and Yale. And it's, it's you know, sometimes as fresh as one year or six months. Um, we're using these tools, combining these tools with this, ancient uh, these this research with this ancient tool of breathwork based on data that we have right they've you know done studies on 500 people 300 people 300 athletes to show that it can really peak your performance so you have an advantage sometimes of 15 20 30 even 40 percent more if you do specific combinations so it's been incredible. I mean, there are boxers, you know, um, world-class boxers right now, world-class world wrestlers, um, NBA athletes, they're all using breathwork to prime their pre-game routine so that they're refreshed, they have that surge of energy and they can go into the court and just do their thing. Right, I love how you light up when you talk about it. And yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you're doing such great work and something that you really uh, feel called to do and uh, that you love to do and you seem to 
have created a space in terms of you know actually leveraging the ancient wisdom that's available for decades and centuries and clubbing it with science to make it even more effective even more potent as a tool uh, today mm-hmm. yeah um if you were to give advice for somebody who is probably starting out in their transformation journey who are um you know in a place where they're probably dissatisfied or disengaged at some level but are not really sure what next uh, what would you tell them in retrospective right so what next right someone maybe like someone who's trying to transition like a career is it like a specific to career maybe yeah 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 um i would say it's so important to sort of see what's working for them at this point and what's not so basically taking an inventory of what they like about their current situation what they don't like about their current situation and where they want to go right um maybe you know they have four qualities that they really enjoy 10 qualities that they don't like and two qualities that they really want to to experience so um it's about sort of understanding um so now they understand what they don't like i would say focusing on the things that they do want and just sort of going into that list and breaking it down a little bit like why is it that you want these things so writing it all out so just now we said you know come up the the two qualities so let's say the two qualities are remote work and having a 10000 pay increase for example right um i would then tell them to list a little bit more about the things that they do want so define your ideal role define your ideal situation how would your colleagues be what work life balance would you have so sort of going into that list now once they have that list that's extensive i would like them to sort of take it a step further so what of this list here is based on the thing that first of all you think you want versus the thing that you actually want right so for example it's you know have a fancy office um if let's say remote work is is not important and they want to go to the office but they want a fancy office so i'll ask them is that really really important or is that just something that you think kind of looks cool for other people so it's the optics that you're worried about but the optics that you're worried about okay can it be eliminated so basically first eliminating what is just not truly important to them first step second step taking that list now that's already shaved down and from that shaved down list i would say boiling it down to the essence so let's say they say um you know i want to be able to um network with other people in the industry so i'd ask them what's the reason for this network that's important they'll tell me oh you know i would like to network because i really want to connect with other people in my industry because i really want to be able to learn from other experts so that there's a lot of career progression and i can meet people and i should be able to you know know other people in the industry so i want if i want to move jobs around so then you know we would say okay networking isn't really your criteria but it's more 
job opportunity or it's more a supportive community like you want to be able to talk to other people or you want to be able to learn from other people so just from one networking we've kind of gone into the core essences of why you want these things and this can be done for relationships it can be done for other big decisions in your life and the reason why it's so important is that you're tying your core wants or your time thing in your list to your core wants, to your authentic self, as opposed to just being, oh, I want that fancy car, fancy house, you know, and not really knowing why and if it's even important to you to begin with, right? Great, great. So I think stripping down um, desires to its core essence and really seeing if it resonates for you. Exactly, yeah. Lovely. So are you um, ready to go into a rapid fire round? Um, I am. Amy? Perfect, okay. So we'll start with like simple yes or no questions and then we'll move into uh, more elaborate uh, sure. answers to your transformation journey, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> very quickly, let's warm up. Um, are you a morning person or a night person? Morning person. Okay. Uh, on time or always late? Always late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, routines or uh, go with the flow kind of a person? A little bit of both, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ideal weekend is reading with the book or hitting the clubs, non-COVID times. Definitely reading books. <laughs> <laughs> COVID or not COVID. Right, exactly. <laughs> okay. So uh, one habit uh, that you think uh, you've incorporated in your life that has uh, transformed uh, everything in every aspect of your life? One habit is... Um... The ability or the habit of being self-observant, being disappointed with myself without being critical. Could you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah. Yeah. So I, it was very, I used to be able, if I did something wrong, I'd be very disappointed in myself and very hard on myself, right? And that was not going anywhere because then I would be in the loop of disappointment and frustration and it just go on but I feel like the ability to sort of look at yourself articulate that you're really not happy with the way things happened and not happy with the choice that were made but just sort of being soft and lenient with yourself and just saying you know what you made a mistake that's okay let's now see how this doesn't happen again or how we can learn and move on from this so the ability to be able to parent and still be soft and kind all in one is a tool that has made allowed me to strengthen my relationship with myself while still pushing me forward to where I need to grow, basically. Oh, amazing, amazing. Um, there was this um, podcast that I was listening to where there was this advice that someone had given to the writer saying, write as a toddler and edit like you're a hard-ass parent, right? In terms of uh, um, exactly. actually get fine-tuning your writing. I think that's so true. That's very similar to what you just said. Exactly, that's on point, yeah. Brilliant, okay. Um, books or podcast? Podcast. Hmm, okay, what would your uh, favorite top three recommendations of shows would be? I've been listening to a lot of Mind Body Green. Um, I listen to a lot of uh, science-based podcasts. There's one called Heal Thyself with this functional doctor called Dr. Gonzalez. 
Okay. Um, so heal thyself, mind, body, brain, and I also listen to uh, the Goop podcast a lot. So all things health and wellness again. Lovely, lovely. And um, was there any, um, if you were to pick, you know, the top three role models either in real life or fictional characters or anybody, you know, celebrities that you know, um, were there role models that uh, really inspired you, and what kind of qualities? Uh, that you look up to them for? Yeah, um, I think, you know, I've not had to look so far. I've been able to have these role models right in my house. Um, and I think I have a brother and I have my parents that I live with. And it's been really amazing because each person has qualities that I learn from on a daily basis. It's almost like a reminder. Um, so, for example, my brother is a teacher for me to always um, aim for even higher, go for even more, grow, right? And he's a testament to how he's so sure of himself that if something is not a hell yes, he says no to it. So he's not, doesn't fear of missing out, doesn't fear about losing opportunities. It's just an easy no. Um, and that's something that I have often struggled with, but you know, I'm so much better with now. Um, then there's my mother who is able to uh, sort of not carry things that are tough into the next moment. So when something is tough, she's in the moment, dealing with it, and then moving forward. She's never ever said, oh, I'm tired or I'm exhausted. Whereas I feel like I sometimes carry things from the past, which is a very heavy mental load and it just causes me tiredness or exhaustion. But for her, she sort of dissolves it in the moment and just carries on moment to moment. So she's basically living in the moment. And that for me is just so, such an incredible tool to, to be able to use throughout your life, right? Um, and then um, I think my dad is the person who teaches me how to just be so compassionate and um, be kind no matter what, right? So no matter how someone else is responding and how someone else is upset and rude, he's just able to just be calm and kind. And whereas for me, sometimes I'm just like, there's like fire coming out of my ears. <laughs> um, but for him, he's just like, oh, you know, respond with kindness. Like, why do you want to be like them? Right. Um, and so these are the teachers that I have in my house on a daily basis. And sometimes it's like, oh, my God, can you guys just be normal and like have emotions? <laughs> um, but it's it's such a good, um, such a good, you know, for me to, to have these things and to see on a daily basis. Yeah. yeah, and such potent qualities. I mean, I think we could all use some of that, all three of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So if you had to, um, uh, you know, lessons that you probably learned the hard way, what would they be? Yeah, uh, I was just thinking about this like a couple of days ago. I was just like, life is just so short right i mean you know when we're in high school or when we're kids and we're just like oh my god this is like forever when am i gonna finish school or life is just so long but then you know you hit your 30s and you know you're just like wow that was really really short right um it just goes with a blink of an eye so 
things that really matter to you or are big in your head sometimes are just big in your head and they're never actually gonna go you know be planted and actually happen it's just so unimportant a lot of times i remember spending a lot of my teenage years having all these like body issues and being so worried about myself and i look back at photos now and i was like wow i was so cute like what was i worried about you know and <laughs> Why didn't I just like enjoy myself more instead of just being so ashamed about going to the beach and you know how other people would think about me? Like why didn't I just go and eat more and have fun? Um, and so, and all of that time is gone and I can't get it back, right? So it's just, it's like for me, it's so important now to, you know, of course I have those thoughts about being conscious and all of that, but now I and just. I can tell myself, you know what? I've had a great experience and I'm going to separate from this thought. I don't claim it. And I want to continue to enjoy myself, right? So that's the thing, you know, there's always going to be hardship in life, but for me, I learned that I need to always find the fun because I'm not always going to have that opportunity. And that moment is never, ever going to come back. Um, and so time is the most precious thing, most precious commodity. So really use it wisely. <laughs> Beautiful. I think I'm going to take that away. Find the fun. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's, that's a lovely way to look at life. Great. Okay. Um, top three books that you always have in your shelf, wherever you are. Anatomy of the Spirit by mm -hmm. Caroline Miss. Um, talks about the mind-body connection and how strong we have a, the power to influence our state of health. Um, I think the next book that I would recommend is um, Instinct to Heal. Mm -hmm. um, it also is written by a medical doctor uh, in the US, a French guy who also talks about how we can use simple, practical, non-invasive, holistic tools to heal the body. Um, so those two. And then my third recommendation would probably be Autobiography of a Yogi. Um, by Paramahansa Yogananda because it's really sort of opened up my eyes and really um, such a great mystical book that uses science to talk about you know the evolution of one's spirit beautiful okay one thing you'll tell you'd want uh, to tell yourself in the 20s oh. <laughs> or you can be more things also <laughs> yeah have fun, really, like go out and meet people and eat, <laughs> have those desserts, you know, like wear whatever you want to wear, like don't be conscious, um, just do whatever you want, like have those experiences, go to those concerts, like, you know, have your heart broken, don't be so scared of everything, you know, like um, experience life, like make mistakes, just grow, just go through it all like you're gonna come out alive nothing's gonna actually kill you you're just gonna grow from it so just have more experiences and, and don't think too much about anything basically amazing amazing i think we've talked about so many things but um if there's is there something that you'd want the audience to take away uh from this conversation and you know we spoke about breathwork transformation uh, and so many other things. Uh, what is the one thing that you'd want them to take away? 
Um, I guess I would like to say, uh, you know, breathwork isn't just a tool for people who are trying to heal or people who are trying to um, deal with like past trauma and stuff. It can actually be used as a simple thing that you incorporate into your routine that really helps to change the tone of the day. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be one hour. It just is, is, is a short thing. Um, and I find that personally for me, waiting, not waiting for when things get really, really tough and doing all these little things during the day helps to make sure that when times do get tough, I can stay afloat easily, right? So it's almost like you're not running a marathon, but you're jogging every day, you're optimizing your heart, you're making sure you're doing push-ups, you're conditioning your body now so that eventually when there is a, a day where you actually do need to run, you're ready. So when you do these self-care tools, whatever it is, I would really recommend breath work being incorporated and meditation. You're really priming yourself when things get really stressful because then you'll know how to respond better. Then your anxiety levels won't you know, go so high. Then your body won't go in shock. Then you won't develop inflammation because you've known how to, you know how to, just by using the breath can control inflammation. So don't wait for things to get really tough. Um, do the work now. Just takes a couple of minutes a day and you're saving yourself. You're really putting money in the bank for later. Um, do the work now. I think that's quite powerful. And, and thank you for bringing up routines. I think we missed talking about that. Um, yeah. Are there any non-negotiables that are like must-haves in your everyday routine? Yeah. So. Um, I try to not be so stringent to the point where I get stressed, but I give myself a quota. I'll say four to five times a, a week, I have to meditate in the morning. So I do that. Um, if I don't, and I'm missing my quota because there's only three days left in the week, then I'll meditate at night. Just making sure that I hit that quota um, without being stressed. Um, I have a couple of things that I ask myself on a daily basis at night, like, how did today go? What was today, you know, what about today that made you feel out of control? And what would you have done differently? When I do that, I'm able to process the day without taking it into the bedroom, into my night, into my sleep. My sleep quality is improved. Um, so the meditation, the, the kind of going through my day, I will always find some form of movement, whether it's through yoga, walking, meditation, uh, sorry, uh, working out. Um, I will always get a few minutes of sunlight every day. So go out just looking at the sun because there's so many um, biohacking benefits. It you know regulates your circadian rhythm and activates your metabolism. I drink a ton of water. That's also sort of like part of my routine. It's like, I just drink a ton of water. Um, and I make sure that during the day when I'm stressed, I typically like to reach for my phone and go on Instagram, but I don't do that because when I'm on Instagram, it's not helping my stress level, it's just peaking it more. So I try not to do that. Um, what else do I do that's a routine? A lot of contact, physical contact. So I'm hugging my mom, hugging my brother to release all this oxytocin. Um, I try to listen to podcasts whenever I can. Um, sometimes it just means 
you know, going into bed with some tea and just watching some Netflix. Uh, yeah, whatever it is that I feel that I need in a nourishing way. And of course, eating very healthy because that really affects my energy levels and, you know, my how my gut feels and how my skin eventually ends up. So I think I'm pretty religious about all these things. And they've almost, from sort of routine, they've almost sort of just become like how my day usually goes every single day. Yeah, I think I think that's just part of routine, right? It becomes a part of you, so it's uh, it really does. Yeah, uh, when you list them out, it's so many, but then it's it's like it naturally flows during the course. It of does. Day. It just flows. Yeah, and it almost feels like it almost brings about some sense of security now because I know that I'm doing whatever yeah. I can, you know, for myself. That agency and that responsibility also comes in, right? That you're taking care of yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. Is there something that you're dying to tell the audience, Remy, that uh, we probably missed out on? Um, I think we covered a lot of it. Um, I'm just happy that we're able to talk about so many different things and, and especially how breath work can really influence and you know affect people's lives and um, just make such a big difference. Um, I want to share that there's so much research coming out now of all these like top tier Ivy League universities. Um, Stanford University does a lot of research on breath work and um, the power of breath work to really reverse aging. Basically, now it's there's a new study that's come out and uh, reverse aging, improve performance, improve energy level, and it's just simply because breath is our it's our ticket to life right the moment we don't have breath we don't have that ticket to live anymore it's just it's ended the breath is the last thing that we will do on this earth right mm -hmm. the last thing that we do is we breathe and then that's it and we don't have breath we aren't able to live anymore it's also the first thing that we do on earth first thing we do is we breathe and then we start to cry yeah. um so it's so important and if we're not breathing correctly so aside from just breath work if we're not breathing correctly it means that oxygen is not going to all of the organs in the body which means how well the body then how well the organs respond to things to the food to the stressed environmental toxins is also compromised okay. so people say or you know most people breathe for example most people breathe up and down so that's not really right we're supposed mm -hmm. to be breathing sideways so our belly is supposed to be expanding sideways so just optimizing and creating these little shifts and changes can help slow down the aging process the integrity of our skin how um much energy levels we have the amount of focus we're able to bring to the table at work how well we sleep all these things right how well our digestion works it helps to calm down inflammation so it's just so simple but it's just so many benefits um and you know if anyone would like to sort of chat with me a little bit more about this i'd be happy to, to speak with absolutely anyone to answer any questions Great. Uh, and uh, if they'd like to connect with you, uh, what would be the preferred medium of communication, website, yeah. social media? Yeah, so um, my social media on Instagram, my handle is at balance method. Um, so just balance and method, simple two words. I can also be found through my website, which is uh, createbalancemethod.com. 
So Create Balance Method is the website and Balance Method is the Instagram handle. Perfect. Uh, so for all those listening and I think I'll share the links to both of that as well. So uh, you can directly go there from our website and get in touch with Rainy. Perfect. That'd be helpful. Yeah. Thank you so much once again for doing this. Uh, oh, my I'm, pleasure. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation and I'm sure uh, the audience is going to love it as well. Me Thank too. you for taking such time in the morning and really great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Shweta. This was amazing. I, I really enjoyed sharing my story and my ideas. So thank you. Lovely.